about made afar of and by God's grace, my prophetic brother. The man of God, who happens to be this woman, something, something. We, we have a very good relationship. Every one day on the phone, he said, AK, and Jim, how are you? He said, Hey, Rimia. How are you? As I passed, oh, I said, Okay, my cash. Oh, God, you see, oh my God. I mean, sometimes the thing you, you, are, you are thinking about, like, um, and I'll pick, and I'll pick, and you've been thinking about it. Who can't show up there? But then I'll keep on working. Go to the bringing the thing close. And this woman of God, I've always admired her. Not to know it. Very soon, not about being your woman. And I like, ask scripture and you for this. And I'm so honored to welcome him to our family. Amen. Hey, today, I'm in trouble. The way he's looking at me. Amen. I'd like to say something brief about this woman of God. Amen. Amen. She is the founder of Women and Index International and Perfective Women Ministry. She's a business. I don't know how to pronounce it. Mughal or Sisi or Queen. She's a business name. When she comes, when you hear the bro, for she knows. She'll teach you that part. Amen. She had a lot of businesses like the Beta, May Events, Happy Vine Organics, Organic Farmers Hub, so on. And she's the wife. It's not easy. She's the wife. She's the wife of the Every man and woman of God, God actually bless you. And to all of us great women and men that we do not even know that we are great. Thank you. And hope to see to see you soon at the top. And I'm going to see you at the bottom. It means that we are just picking people who cannot move by themselves to the top, so we are helping them. That's the only time I'm going to see you at the bottom. Thank you all very much. Yes, um, in this minute, I would like to say that Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Father, for this opportunity. 
as I'm about to speak, I'm just a vessel for mouthpiece for your glory. Reveal yourself as you will. Let every word that comes out of my mouth be a word from your throne room. Let it be words that change lives, that make impact. Have your way, Spirit of the Living God. Let it not be about me, but let it be all about Christ. And at the end, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. So, story time. But then, before then, I would like to. How many of us are students here, please? The rest of us, we have a profession one way or the other, right? Okay, so how many of us are working? Okay, what do you do? learning disability for the teachers here you know my child has a learning disability unfortunately we've moved from one place to the other we've moved from one hospital to the other but nothing seems to happen the child is not changing she has a learning disability we doctors are saying they can't do anything about it this is a rare case so the person calls me and says, oh, okay, so you want to see Pastor Prince? Oh, yes, I want to see Pastor Prince. I hear he's very good. When he touches my child, my child will be healed. And then, unfortunately, then Pastor Prince is probably is in Germany, 
bring great miracles and We don't know what to do now. We've reached our limit. We need help. And I said, okay. But his wife is around. She's in town. She actually has a school. And then the parents go like, oh, really? We, we, we want pastor friends. Oh, the wife's a teacher. And a good one of that. She can help this child. Oh, but we've been to several schools, we've been to several teachers, we hear that this one, only men of God can do it, and this, so we want to, but you said your case is an emergency, so why don't you talk to Lady Eva? She's one of a kind. She's not just a teacher. She is a teacher that when you meet, you know something has happened. So they go on to see Lady Eva. They tell Lady Eva, my child has learning disabilities, and this time around, doctors are saying that there is nothing they can do about it. This is a rare case. And then as they bring the child to Lady Eva, because she takes her work serious as a teacher, and two months ago, the Holy Spirit was telling her, why don't you go and read this book about this person, about this person who helped this child with a disability of this form or of this kind, and has written it in the book. Why don't you go and get the book? She goes to get the book. She read it two months ago. Now this child comes and as she listens to the parents and she watches the child, she realizes that it's quite similar to what she read in the book. Then she goes back, she reflects on the book and as she's reflecting, and then she begins to speak in tongues. She begins to communicate with God. And then God says, this time around, this is how you are going to do it. But put it down, write it down, do it this way. This is how you are going to deal with this child. And as you deal with this child, you keep praying. And as you are praying, miracles, something is going to happen. So they take the child to Lady Eva. Two months, it's not even up to two months. Now the parents are seeing signs. And they are wondering, what kind of teacher is this? And she has a school. What kind of school is this? And then they keep asking, how did this woman do it? And they ask, they become very inquisitive. How did you do it? Oh, it's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. So these people are astonished. They didn't really, they are not invested as Christians. They are just churchgoers. But then because they watched and they saw a result, they saw that this person is not just a teacher, but she has something attached to that teaching. So her teaching is not itinerary. And then they asked, which church do you go to? They said, oh, I want, you, I want to follow you. They follow her to church. A year later, the husband watches what is going on in the wife's life, the child's life. Say, no, I want to follow. When he follows, five years later, we have some drunkard friends of his. They are all following to church. Wow. That is the impact of our career. Mm. But I don't know if all of us see it that way. Unfortunately, most of us see it as just a means for remuneration, to have financial gains, to sustain us on earth. But is that how really God deemed it? That is a question we need to ask. 
So today we are going to talk about career empowerment. Career empowerment. And once again, Pastor Prince, thank you for this opportunity. Career empowerment. Another theme is the enterprise of grace. But I'm going to talk about career empowerment today. And so looking at the scenario that I have given, I wanted to give more using our doctor friend here, doctor sister here. But just as I know, you know the impact of what our career, the impact of our career, what our career does, that is not just something that brings in money. No, it's far greater than that. And when we begin to see it like that, everything about our career will change. Hallelujah. So we have most of us as students, we have some of us already who have carved our career path. Our doctor here, uh, Lady Eva, and our brother, interior decorator, and all that. So, what is a career? Before we talk about career empowerment, we are dealing with two words here career and empowerment. What is a career. Now when you check the dictionary, a career is an occupation undertaken for a significant period of a person's life and with opportunities for progress. Is an occupation undertaken for a significant period of a person's life and with opportunities for progress. Others who say that it's an occupation or profession especially one requiring special training followed as one's life work. Another dictionary will also say that career is a long-term endeavor, something you build towards and work upon every day. Now, when you check the synonyms of what a career is, it, it, some of the synonyms are profession, occupation, calling, living, livelihood, life, work, mission, service. And I'll tell you the reason why I, I brought the synonyms. And two, I like two words here, livelihood, life, work. And I like the mission as well. I also like the service. It speaks about what career is about. Hallelujah. Praise God. So I don't want to go to the development of how career came about and all that, and what it was used for, because it doesn't really matter. That's not what we are here to talk about. But career developed in the 20th century, and it was used to refer to one's profession. One's profession. Now, if you ask me what is a career, I believe that career is not just a means to an end. I believe that it is not just... Uh, yes, it requires training. Yes, it's a life work. It brings in financial gains. But I believe it's more than that. For me, I believe that it's one's life work. It's a one's life work that has emotional and financial, financial rewards and also provides a sense of fulfillment. One's life work that has emotional and financial rewards and provides a sense of fulfillment. A sense of fulfillment. Now we're gonna talk about, before we talk about what career is not, what is, uh, it is, 
let's look at our empowerment as well, because I want us to understand what we are dealing with. When we talk about empowerment, the dictionary will tell you that empowerment means authority or power given to someone to do something. It also, another dictionary will say the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's own life and claiming one's own rights. Now, what do I think as an what do I think of empowerment? Just as the dictionary is saying, authority or power given to someone to do something. For me, I believe that as Christians, when we talk about empowerment, is the grace, that enabling grace that is placed upon our lives to do, to expand our capacity and our ability to do the will of God. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I believe that career empowerment is the life work that God has placed in our hand for a purpose. And the grace that he gives us to be able to undertake that life's work on earth as he wills. Hallelujah. Praise God. Okay. Now, when we talk about career, I know people say, oh, I go to work um, growing up. Uh, my parents wanted me to be a nurse. Why? Because maybe right after school, I'll get a job. The government will pay me. So yes, I'm a nurse, and um, I go to work every day, I come back, it pays, I'm great. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not necessarily a career, it could be a job. And a job is a task you are undertaking to bring in money. Not necessarily a career, it's an undertaking, a task that you do, an activity that you do that brings in money, and that it ends there. But a career is more than that. When we begin to understand that a career is not just a job that brings in money, but is far bigger than that, we will treat our careers differently. We see right from Abraham's time, because we're Christians, I want to use this, Abraham's time, we realize that in the Bible, Abraham was a rancher and also a shepherd. We realize that Isaac was also planted, he was a farmer. And through that, God used Isaac farming his career to prove himself. Because at a point in time, the people realized that God was with Isaac. Because he had blessed him and they realized God was with him. God revealed his glory through Isaac's career. We look at Joseph, what Joseph did in the palace of Pharaoh brought glory to God. We look at Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, in Abednego, their service in the courts. It revealed the glory of God. And that is why I believe that career is not just a job that brings us money. I believe that career is an aspect of our purpose that we must not take lightly. And I believe that God has called us out to professions, to spread the gospel through our profession, through our career, through our life's work. So he has called us to preach the gospel. And some of us might not be called into the fivefold ministry, but we have been called out to certain professions where we reveal Christ in our profession. We are supposed to reveal Christ in every aspect of our lives. And career is one means to do that. 
And that's why we must not take it lightly at all. It is a way where we express the fullness of God, the blessings of God. That when we come to church, you know, it is God's will that we are not just in the church. And when I say in the church, I'm not just talking about the local church. I'm talking about we as the church. That as we have received that impartation, the wisdom from church, the wisdom from our leaders, and we see the grace of God to do the ability to do whatever that we can do, that in Christ we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And as we receive it, we are not confined to the four walls of our local church. And neither are we confined to ourselves, but we go out there and work that grace out into the glory of God. Through your uh, profession, through your calling, through your service, what you do. And when you begin to see it that way, we are going to talk about career path and all that, but I want you to understand this. Because unfortunately, uh, there are some uh, preachings of old that preached career as a secular thing. That is not an aspect of Christianity. And so if you are going to work, it means that you are not worshipping God. It means we're having time for the world. But God needs us to not just be inside of the church. He needs us to go out there, fill the earth, dominate. How do we do that? There are systems of this world. We need to fill those systems. We need to translate that grace that we are given, that power, that wisdom into corporate expressions where we take up influential positions. And so, like I was explaining, where we have politicians, one, two, three, four, about 10 of us are politicians, and we are in parliament, and things are not going well in the country. Then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit speaks to one person. Then the Holy Spirit speaks to another politician. Then the Holy Spirit speaks to another one, said, this is what I need you to do. You must do this. These are the policies that you must put in place. Take taxes of these items. Do this, do that. Step A, step two, step B, step C. And then you wake up. Then I call it Eva. The Holy Spirit says something. Oh, yes, you too. Oh, yeah. Then I call oh, Pastor Prince. I, the Holy Spirit says, oh, really? Wow, you too. The Holy Spirit says something to you. Then I call you. Then I call you. The Holy Spirit spoke to us. And now we decide this is the wisdom that the Holy Spirit has given us within our field. Now we need to go out there and enforce it. If you think of one person in parliament, can I do that? But imagine if you held a political position. You did the same. Imagine you did the same. And we go to that parliament house. And then we begin to effect those changes. Then soon, BBC is on. Ghana is a country that is fast changing the economy, blah, blah, blah. This and this, this and this. And everybody is applauding. We are wondering, how come? And then we say, Jesus, it's Christ. And then we do not have to take this microphone and start preaching, come to Jesus. They watch how things are going. They say, no, we want to know what. They are doing. We want to visit them. They are curious. And so they start following you. They might not come immediately. They might be watching, watching, following every step. Finally, they'll start coming. They'll start coming. They'll start coming. That's how we have to dominate the earth. Because there are systems and structures on the earth. And we cannot just sit 
within the confines of our churches and expect things to change until we ourselves, we have some people move into those places and take up those positions so that we effect the changes that God needs for them to be changed. And that is when we start seeing. And as we effect the changes and they see the results, you wouldn't even need to pick a huge microphone. Once they see the results, they will start coming. That is another form of evangelism. And that is what we need to do. And that is why our careers are very important. And not just anything that brings us money. It's far greater than that. It is a part of our purpose. And if we begin to treat it like that, we have a whole different perspective about our career. Amen. Amen. So now that we know that our career is very, very important and is an aspect of our purpose, now that we know that, how do we even build a career? How do I know that I can do this? I need to move into this. I need to move into that. How? I don't know if maybe if I can still, why did you decide to be a teacher? So I became a teacher because I realized, naturally I love kids. They give me a lot of pleasure. So I realized that sometimes children go through things they can't explain. And sometimes the parents are not there to observe or listen to these children. So I wanted to help these children. And since I became a teacher, most of my students call me mommy. Sometimes they say mommy, they say, hey, sorry, let's see that. <laughs> and for me, that gives me so much joy. So I only became a teacher just because I wanted to touch the lives of these children. No matter what they are going through, I want to be present, I want to be there for them. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I like the way she puts it. But she loves children. And then you realize that most Mothers are not there for their children. So you stood in the gap. Thank you very much. Thank you. For so many of us, we allow our career to choose us instead of us choosing our careers. Why do I say that some of us come from a background, maybe because there's poverty, or we don't live in poverty, or because of situations, we decide to choose a profession because we believe that, will, that is what will bring us money. But in actual fact, we are passionate about. But you do not allow your career to choose you. You have to choose your career. But how can you choose your career? You can only choose your career when you know you. You know you, your abilities, your skills, what you are made of. That is only when you are able to choose your career. And so for us students here, this is an opportune time. Unfortunately, most of us, we get to the very latter stage before we realize that we are even equipped with certain skills or abilities or we have this passion that we were unable to bring out because of maybe our upbringing or our grooming or because of our, of our environment. But today, we are here to learn. Let God show us how to know ourselves. What are the things that we need to know? in order to choose our career. Amen. Amen. Great.
All right. So the number one, the first thing when you have to, how do I find my career path? Is self-assessment. In this modern world, there's a lot of things going on now. Everything you hear, self, self-care, self-pampering, self. There's been self-self, but in, in our kingdom, <laughs> self-self, there's no. No, 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 no. We come from a source. And our source is God. We are not of ourselves. No. We are, we are of God. And that is the most important thing. But when I talk about self-assessment here, it's not a self, self, self. This is you assessing yourself to know the abilities that you have, you carry. But once again, it's not you who can know. For the worldly people, they say, oh yes, we can know. I just have to sit, listen to my inner self, what my inner self can do. Do some yoga and I'm good to go. And I can feel it. My intuition tells me, yes, let the intuition tell them. We are God. The Holy Spirit tells us. Yeah. And so when it comes to self-assessment, this is one of the most crucial and most important steps in choosing a career. Because if you do not know you, you'll not be able to choose a career. Hallelujah. Great. And so how do you assess yourself? And like I said, as Christians, we do not live by ourselves. We were created by God, and it's only God who can reveal our true selves to us. Jeremiah chapter 1 5, he says that he knew us before we were formed in the womb. So if you need to know about yourself, who do you go to? God. And the things that you need to look out for are your skills or abilities. Your skills or abilities, your interests, your passion, and sometimes pain. Your experiences and achievements, values, and fulfillment. Skills and abilities, interest, passion and pain. Passion or pain, experiences or achievements, values, fulfillment. Now you realize that God has place in each and every one of us distinct skills that makes us unique. Distinct skills to help us in our purpose. Certain interests, certain abilities, certain passion, like she mentioned, she loved kids. She loves kids. And Eva mentioned that she loves kids. And she realized that there was a gap. That we will also come to that. But she loves kids. And she realized that there was something she could do. She could talk to these children. The way that their mommy scored. And even more than that. She could care for this. She had that quality. That ability to do that. That not every one of us have. Do you understand? Yes. So God has placed in us certain skills. Certain abilities. Interests. Passion. That it that is there to help us walk in our purpose, and like I said, we have spiritual giftings, we have physical giftings, and all these God needs us to use them for His glory. For everything we do is for the glory of God to reveal Christ, and so our natural giftings, our spiritual giftings, all together work to reveal the glory of God. And these skills that I'm talking about here right now, I'm talking about that natural skill that God has placed in us 
to help us with our careers, with our journey, our life's work. Hallelujah. And so the skills, what you have to do is you have to sit down with God. I always say sit down with God. God is the one who created the Father. I need to know where you are taking me to. And then I let me clarify this. I know some people say, oh, he's a pastor, so he doesn't have a career. Then please, that's that's not true. Pastors, there are some people, their careers are matched like that. There are some to God will branch, call them out in different ways, branches. Everybody and how God has called them to reveal his glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So you need to look at your skills and abilities. What skills do I have? What abilities? And you speak to God. And how do you do that? Through fellowship. Through fellowship with God. I'm sure Daddy has told us all that about it. Through fellowship. Consistent fellowship. Because that is when you are able to hear God's voice. So you fellowship with God. Father, I want to know the skills that I possess. And you as a human being, as you pray, you want to inquire, you ask questions. There's one thing you hear me say throughout, ask questions and ask the right questions. If you want career empowerment, career development, career growth, ask questions. And always ask the right questions. That is only when you grow. Ask questions and always ask the right questions. And so you sit down with God, Father, you created me. I don't know myself very well. What are the skills that I need? What are the interests that you have placed in me? And as you begin to pray, there are certain things that are going to happen in your life that will reveal those passion. And so you, you are there and you realize that you are very good at sketching. You're very extremely good at sketching. And every time you sketch, people are looking at you and say, wow, not everybody can do this. You're very good at sketching. And people start saying, oh, you can be an artist. You can be this, you can be that. Can you hear me? And one thing we have to realize that is that sometimes one skill alone cannot really give clarity to our career. Sometimes it requires two skills and interests, skill set to reveal or to really clarify our career path. Please do you understand? So the fact that I'm good at sketching doesn't mean that automatically I have to be an artist. It could be that when I move around and I see houses, I see people, homeless people, all of a sudden I have this passion to help them. I want to all of a sudden maybe put some structures together and give them a place to lay their head. So I don't know, I have this passion, I can sketch, but I, I don't know, I, I can sketch, but I'm not very passionate about being an artist. But I have this passion that when I see people, I want to find homes for them. I see people, I see homes, I, I enter into a structure like, no, this structure is not airy enough. <laughs> no, I, can, I know there are some people like that. When you go to places and it's like, people are okay, but only you, you are passionate about the thing. There is something about the thing, it doesn't sit right with you, or you want to change something. Or this, there's something, and it's like only you are feeling it. If you're like me, I go to places and I'm checking the buildings, I'm checking alignments, I'm checking structures, I'm checking because I have an architecture. Did, did you get it? It's something that I'm passionate about. So you check all those things and just like, no, I'm passionate about houses. 
So you know how to sketch. Maybe you could be an architect, not necessarily an artist. So sometimes it's not just finding about one skill. You need to know the skills you have, the passion, and you need to allow God help you connect it to know that this is the career path that you must go. For some people too, God is going to take you to point one, to point two, to point three. So I, I always say that career is progressive. So some people, you might not start as just being an architect. For someone, they might start as being a real estate developer. They say, no, I just like structures. So I, I, I think I need, to, I need to do it myself. Then a person moves to being an architect who will now later come and build auditoriums. One of the biggest conference uh, centers for Christ, big church, uh, you know, a church building and knows how to go about it because, okay, let's put the pastor's offices here, let's do this, doing something for the kingdom. And usually they are building it even at a lower fee or at no fee at all. You're using your career to help the gospel, to advance the kingdom. So sometimes it's not just one skill, it's not just one interest, but it's a combination of skills and interests that can actually reveal. And you can only do that as Christians through revelation from God. Amen. Amen. Now when I talk about, I talked about passion, pain, when you say that your pain can cut out your career path without even you knowing. And so one day, the, uh, someone, you, uh, the person got out from school, they came and the um, aunt is sick, they took the aunt to the hospital. When they went to the hospital, there were no doctors, and the doctor who was there uh, said he was busy, he didn't have time, and this and blah, and then the person watched, and the auntie was just dying right in front of the person, created some pain, the person said, ah, I want to become a doctor so that I can help people. Maybe if there were more doctors. But the person doesn't end there. I want to become a doctor. But the person probes fellowship with God. And God starts to bring out certain skills to show the person that this is the path that you must take. I've called you into this path for you to be a doctor, to care for the sick. And sometimes not necessarily to even take money. For you to be a doctor that people will bring diseases, sicknesses that have moved around several hospitals all across the world. But when they come to your hospital, because I have called you into that position and because you have me living in you, you will touch that person and that person will be able to heal that person. And that is why our calling is not something that is just lacking. It, is, it has impact. It has a purpose. And God has called each and every one of us into a profession for a reason. And that is why you just don't get up and say, I want to be this. I want to be that. Inquire of God. You brought me to this world. I know you brought me here for a purpose. I know my career is an aspect of my purpose. What are you saying about it? Are there certain skills in me that I do not know about? Are there a passion in me that I do not know about? Then we talk about experiences. So if you will really analyze yourself or allow the Holy Spirit to remind you, you remember that when you were in school, you used to be part of the debate team. And anytime you debated, you were good. People were applauding. No matter the topic, you will win. You knew how to argue your case. And then anytime your friends were in trouble and they came to you and you knew how to defend them. And then all of a sudden along the 
away, you start having this passion that you always want to defend people. So you, you, you've reached a point where you want to know my career. How? What career should I take, Lord? And then all of a sudden, you are reminded, you go back to your experiences. You remember that in JHS, you're part of the debate. Ah, oh, ah, oh, yeah. Yes. One or two people even said that if you become a lawyer, you'll be great. Oh, yeah. An experience, an achievement in the past. All of a sudden, it's brought to bear. You remember. Then the values. It's not just about this is the experience I have. I have these skills. I have all these things. I know I have to be a nurse. I know I have to be a doctor. I have to be a farmer. I know I have to be a woodworker. You have to know the values. So what, what are your values as a Christian? That everything you must do must glorify God. So now, is the career path that I'm choosing, is the one that will glorify God? Is the one that will bring him glory, glorify him? Is the one that will honor God? Does it go against my Christian values? So the fact that you are very good at entertaining people, or you're very good at modeling or something, doesn't mean that you should become a prostitute. No, it doesn't matter. Exactly. The fact that you are very good, you are smart, uh, you can just change things right now, you can move things out and nobody can see you, that doesn't mean that you should come and thief or an uncle. It goes against your Christian values. Does it honor God? No. Does it bring glory to God? No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. So you need to check the values. When you're carving out that career path, this career path that I'm taking, does it bring value to God? Does it add to God? Does it glorify Him? Please, are we okay? Oh, yeah. Great. Thank you. Then we talk about fulfillment. You see, God will take you to a place where you will not be fulfilled. So, you, you know, there's some things you do and you become fulfilled. It might be something little, but then there's this fulfillment in there that you've achieved purpose. And this purpose I'm talking about here is not your purpose, but a purpose that God said you achieved God's purpose. And there's this fulfillment that comes along with it. But so many of us are in jobs, and that's why I say in jobs, but we are not even fulfilled. <laughs> Thank you. We are not fulfilled. We are not. And if we could only go back to God and ask, Papa, can you one more time, just this once, even though you go again, <laughs> show me what I'm supposed to do with the natural gifts that you have given me. And if you don't know those gifts, you go to and say, Father, refuel the gifts that you have placed inside of me and those innate passion. And you, 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 he will surprise you. As you pray that prayer, you go along the way, something will happen, a situation, and then it will bring out this passion in you, this uh, a skill in you that you didn't even know that you have. He's revealing them to you one by one. Amen. Amen. Now, as we have cut, you've asked God, you've known your skills, your abilities, you know that this is where I'm walking towards. Now, you have to ask, is it realistic? This job 
this, this activity, this career path. So is it realistic? There's other careers that exist like that. So yes, if I wanted to be a teacher, yes, the teaching career exists. And sometimes do I need to carve my own path? And that is where entrepreneurship comes in. Please to be understand. Yes. Okay. So number two is mapping out your career or designing your career. And the first one is responsibility. Responsibility. Now, when God, through the help of the Holy Spirit, you've been able to map out, you know where you are going towards. You know where you are going towards. Now, you have to take responsibility that as God has given me this wisdom, this truth, and he has graced me, now I have to ensure that that capacity that he has given me, I have to ensure that I put it to use to ensure that I'm able to walk this path. So the first is responsibility, taking responsibility. Now the second is education. Education. So this is the career path that I have chosen. What are the steps to take when it comes to education? Do I need to go through uh, university? Do I need to have a bachelor's degree? Do I need to go to the vocation school? Do I need to take certain courses? You need to research about that career. Once you're enlightened about which career path to take, you need to research about that career. You just don't sit there and say, grace is working. No, 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 it doesn't work that way. God has given you the grace to work it out. Let people see the blessing, which is the result. That will give light to them to pull them to Christ. And so as God has given you that enlightenment about your career path, now you have to take that responsibility. So you go, education, okay, so I want to be a nurse. How do I go about it? You start reaching, what is the, the route? What is the process to become a nurse? Then you start researching, oh, so I have to go to, maybe you're engaged, I have to go to secondary school, you're in secondary school, I have to go to nursing school. Or I could also go to nursing school for, I don't know, now nursing schools have degree? Yeah. They have, okay. I could go through the nursing school, have my degree, or I could go through the university as well, they have nursing courses, and also do have my degree. So you realize there are two means that you could achieve that career. Please, do you understand? So, research. What processes are there? So, for some, uh, for accountants, they'll tell you after going through university, you, you have to, if you want to be recognized, ACCA, you chatter. Check out. You have to find out about all these. Please, do you understand? Not that I want to be a doctor, and that is it. If you want to be a doctor, how many years do I even have to spend? How many hours will it be taking me to? Okay, if it's going to take all these hours, would I even get time to pray, come fellowship with the brethren? You need to think about all that because you're not just the world, you are a Christian. There needs to be some sort of balance, even if it's not total balance. So if it's going to take how, Father, show me how to, to, to balance my time. You ask for wisdom, how to go about it. 
please do understand. Yes, please. And this is what happens when we put our career in the hands of God, when we do it with God and not by ourselves. And that is why so many of us, if you're like me, I had to move from banking and finance, move to languages, move to that, move to that. I kept moving round and round. I did everything from interior to architecture. I moved, 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 and yes, we're passing. And maybe what God needed me to do at a certain point, I wasn't because I was still searching for that path. For some of us, we can do a lot of things. Our, our sister said, a lot. <laughs> we can do a lot of things. And so that is where the problem is. Because you can do this, you can do that, you can do this. If you don't take it, you don't go to God and say, Father, lead me. And most of us, when we go to God and God says, you be this, you be that, and that is it, we run with it. We don't sit at his feet to inquire. That's why I say, ask, ask. In the spirit to you ask, when you ask, you grow. And the physical ask and ask the right questions. Ask. We didn't go to God and ask, Father, what should we do at this time? Because for some of you, what God is going to do is He's going to move you from A and to B. You might think that A and B is not related, but you don't know God. He is taking you to A first for you to learn something from A that will carry you through B, C, D that you are not even aware of. So you might think they are not connected. You are two different professions, but to God, they are connected. Please do you understand? So for so many of us here who can do so many things, so we don't know which one to start from, you need to seek God. Don't be like me. I kept roaming, 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 roaming. I did my master's in something different. I did this. I did that. So many. And the other time, Pastor Charles was even telling Pastor this lady believed that she go to school. Because it's not because I love school. I thought, yes, I'm, I'm good at this. Why don't I just go and do it? Then I, I'll go and do it. I'm good at that. Yes. Then I'll go to school and go and do it. Because, oh, she'll be a business person. She'll do so many things. I just run with the word without going to God and saying, Father, which one do I even start with? How do I go about this career path? Direct me. And just don't direct me. Navigate. Help me navigate it. And so many of us, that is our problem. We just run with it without even asking God. How do I go? From where do I start? To what point do I stop? From what point do I start again? To what point do I continue? So, so for many of us who have a lot going on on our plate, is only God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Great. And then you, you after the education, give your students extracurricular activities. And that brings me to CV. I always say that build your CV before you write your CV. Mm -hmm. Don't just go and write because every no. You, once you have a clear a clarity of your career path, start building your CV. How do you do that? You do your research so you know that these are and these and these are what they expect. Please do get it. So I'm a student. Why don't I engage in extracurricular activities to have some transferable skills? What is it transferable skills? Skills that you can carry through every profession. So maybe, let me let me be part of this club. Let me be part of this club, but not in a way that will take my attention to from my education. There needs to be a balance. So I know that with this career path that I want to take, I know that they just don't look at education. They also look at extracurricular activities. They look at other things. So they, they look at um, 
Enterprise skills as well. So you research all these things and then you start building yourself. So that when as you build yourself and you're writing your CV, oh, I did, I was the director for this business, I was the president for this, and I got these skills, skill A, B, C, D, and have skill A, B, C, D. Please do you understand? So build your CV before you write your CV. And I talked about research, the progressive rules, the resources available. So you want to be a doctor, you want to be a farmer, you want to be a woodworker, then you start searching. Is there any course? You want to pass through the university. You don't want to do apprenticeship. Is there any course for woodworking? There was, there was a course that I wanted to do and I kept searching and searching and in Ghana, they didn't have it. I wanted to actually do interior architecture. I don't know if they do have it now. They don't. And I had to do it abroad. And do you know how much that cost? You can imagine. And there was no scholarship for that. <laughs> so as you are mapping out your career, look at the resources available. The resources available. So I want to be an interior architect. There's no school in Ghana that offers that course. The ones that are abroad are expensive. So what do I do? Maybe I could do interior design in one of the universities. Then I start preparing, putting things together, resources together, to maybe go and do master in interior architecture. You need to map out based on your resources. And as Christians, we have the advantage when we pray, God will release help us. So depending on your faith, you can decide to, let me try interior design first and then prepare myself for interior architecture and masters. Or as I am trying, I'm also believing God that you will come for me. So maybe as I am trying, you see, um, so many of us, I think that's the mistake that I used to do sometimes. Uh, we plan around our faith when in, we do not even have the faith. <laughs> we, we plan around our faith when we don't even have the faith. So I was planning around it. Yes, I'm going to do my my, 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 um, my next degree in interior architecture, yes, and I'll get the money, yes. But it didn't inside, I, 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 I didn't have the faith. So I got the admissions, I got about four schools, these are top schools admissions, but I didn't have the faith in that. And here I am today, I, I didn't do it. And I even stopped pursuing it, I said I would, I would do that in the future. So our actions can sometimes delay, cause us delays in our career path. So look at the resources and make sure that if you're planning around faith, you truly have faith and it's not just belief. Like one eye closed, the other eye searching. Maybe God might not do it. Let me look at my money. Let me look at my daddy. That's my uncle, please. We don't plan that way. If you're planning around faith, then make sure you have the faith. There are people who plan around fit it works for them. But if you don't think, you just map it out. I can continue University of Ghana Lego, interior of uh, interior design, 
and then move on to do interior architecture and maybe at that time i'll have a side job this one that's just bringing me money and then i'll be able to go to to uh, uh, pursue interior architecture so this is just me using me as an example okay so some others too will say that well i have these qualities but I don't really see but before that you also have to look at after school after I'm done with school where do I want to work which company and here to your values come in there are certain companies that you hear they you know top five uh, Wall Street uh, whatever yes they are the gurus but they are values are they aligned? Is your values aligned to their values? Are their values going to corrupt your faith? So you need to look at all those things. So which company do I want to land in? Where do I want to go? So you start working towards it. So if you know you want to be at KPMG, you know, you study them, you research, you know how they do things. Recently, someone was telling me, gee, the Institute of Languages, I said, before you become a teacher, blah, 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 and forward. <laughs> so if you know where you want to go, research about it, what they need. And remember, people are always looking for solution. So research around it, what they need. See if you can give, or you can prove yourself to give that. Please, do you understand? So it's not just, okay, I want to be it, and that is it. So after that, what, what do you want? Where do you want to work? I don't even know. Me, I don't know. I don't know. You don't know where you want to work even after. Uh, you've been able to, mm, yeah, I, I don't know. You need to know where. At least there are about one, two, three, four companies that you have in mind that they have something that you admire their certain media values also and you want to work to so research about them it's not just going through school and that is just about it then there are some people that say that i want to work for myself i think i have i've seen an opportunity i have seen a challenge and i think i can provide the solution but when i look around nobody's providing that solution when I look around, nobody is seen or has taken hold of that opportunity. And I want to do that. So, I want to start out. And that is another, entrepreneurship is another, even though it's native, there's another um, topic to be discussed. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, number three, mentorship. 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 And mentorship is very important. I would say that no one man knows it all. No one man knows it all. And I wanted just to read Proverbs. I think um, my time is not up. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mentorship. Please, are you here with me? Yes. Okay. Are you following? Yes, we are. Okay. So, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17. Proverbs 27, 17. As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Mentorship. Mentorship is very important. 
there are certain men and women who have walked the path that you are yet to walk. Or they are at the end of that path. They have walked it. They've experienced pain and overcome pain. They've experienced failure and overcome their failures. They've experienced successes. They've made mistakes and they've learned from those mistakes. It will be very unwise for you to start that path and make the same mistakes that these people made because you didn't have a mentor. So mentorship is going to save you time. Mentorship is going to save you from making certain mistakes. And although failure mostly is inevitable, mentorship is going to save you for some, from some failures that your predecessors faced. Please, do you understand? So mentorship is very, very important. Even as Christians, we have shepherds who shepherd us, just as Pastor Prince is doing. They shepherd us, they guide us. The same with mentorship. Now, mentorship can be someone that you have personal relationship with. So I want to be a farmer. I go to a woman that I know has been in the farming business for 27 years, 30 years. I say, mommy, I want to learn from you. And then I sit under her and then she teaches me. She gradually teaches me, teaches me how to go about things. And there again, ask questions. If you don't ask questions, if you don't have a learning spirit and don't ask questions, you might leave the person might mentor you for years and you won't even see the significance. The reason being that you don't ask questions, the right questions that suit you for you to know the answers that are valuable to you. And so here you need to ask questions. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit to mentor us, but the Holy Spirit will lead you to people who have walked that path, who have knowledge in that field, who will guide you so that you don't make certain mistakes that they made, so that you don't go through certain pain that they went through. You don't waste your time where they wasted your time. Please, do you get it? So mentoring is a development-focused relationship where the mentor shares his or her knowledge, be it specific or general experiences, skills or processes, to assist the growth of the mentor by helping the mentee, to assist the growth of the mentee, by helping the mentee gain insights, streamline their goals and anticipate identify and overcome barriers and challenges to their professional and personal development. I don't know if I should repeat it. Yeah, I repeat it. So mentoring <laughs> is a development-focused relationship where the mentor share his or her knowledge, specific experiences, skills or processes to assist the growth of the mentee by helping the mentee gain insights, streamline their goals, and anticipate, identify, and overcome barriers and challenges to their professional 
and personal development. <laughs> Should I repeat? <laughs> okay, so I'm repeating for the last time. Okay, mentoring is a development-focused relationship where the mentor shares his or her knowledge, specific experiences, skills, or processes to assist the growth of the mentee by helping the mentee gain insights, streamline their goals, and anticipate, identify, and overcome barriers and challenges to their professional and personal development. Are we okay now? <laughs> so there are certain people that you might not know directly, but they can inspire you or they will direct you. Yeah. How do they do that? Through their books, through podcasts, through YouTube, their YouTube channel, whatever they have, through any medium that they are spreading that wisdom, that experience. So it's not only having a mentor that you know personally who is going to direct you build you not just professionally but personally as well there are also going to be other people who are going to inspire you who are going to teach you direct you through their books or any medium that they are propagating that wisdom that knowledge and that experience please do you understand great so, and that is why it is very important that we read. I think now most of the youth don't like to read. Uh, I, I want to be this and that is just about it. They don't like to read. But now in our days, we are very fortunate. On YouTube, we have, you know, videos upon videos upon videos upon videos. But that is when you have to be careful. Make sure you are consuming the right information. Not just any information, the right information that is appropriate for you. Appropriate for you. Appropriate for not just your field professionally, but appropriate for your physical, your personal development, your mental development. Appropriate for you professionally as well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Great. So you need to have a learning spirit. During mentorship, you need to listen more. And like I said, when talking, ask questions and make sure you ask the right questions. It is only when you ask the right questions that you get the right answers. That answers that are good for you, good for your growth professionally and personally. Please do you understand? Thank you. Now the third one is networking. Networking. A pop, sorry, the fourth. <laughs> networking. <clears throat> sorry. No one is an island. We all need someone. And in our journey, in our purpose, we need someone, at a point in time, there's someone who's going to hold your hand, there's someone who's going to share some wisdom that you're not going to get from education, you might not get from your mentor, you might not 
get from any place but through someone else that we met somewhere else. Did you get it? So networking is very crucial if you are paving, uh, sorry, carving or paving a career path and if you want to develop and progress your career. Networking is very key. And someone is, according to research, over 50% or approximately 50% of hirings in companies are through networks. So in Ghana, sometimes you hear, uh, Ghana. Okay, so in Ghana sometimes you hear, oh, because uh, she knows this person, so she got this job position. Uh, networking is that powerful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we, we need men. You know, all the blessings come from God, and like Apostle Joshua Zaman would say, God through is men. the source, but through men. yes, through men. Men are the vehicles. So, men are very crucial on your career path. Very crucial. So, it's not like I'm anti-saw and all that. I, I, you can ask my husband, I don't like going out. But there came a time where I realized that sometimes you need to go out there and network. Because your career requires it. If you don't network, how will people see you? When the blessing is coming, you are always, okay, from church, even at church, you don't talk to anyone, boom, you are home. <laughs> and you lock yourself out. And then you are praying, Father, I want that opportunity. Open that door for me. Father, open that door. God opened that door five years ago when he brought that gentleman or lady to church. Oh, All you have to do was say hello. <laughs> I said, oh, I don't have money. When I get money, 
go to the beach. If I go to the beach, it doesn't less than that. Go to the beach. Just walk. Go to specific places. I called a friend and I said, you know what? Maybe January, it was December. January, we'll go to the beach. I, I don't have anyone to go with. So, oh, okay, fine. Then in January, was it January ended? January ended, right? That last year. Last year, January ended. My husband said, God said you were supposed to go to the beach to meet some white people. Oh, I heard it. <laughs> and this, there was one person that we were going to meet that was going to be very beneficial to you financially. Oh, I, I, I used every excuse on earth not to go to the beach. So then, God is going to call you out of your comfort zone. See, as Christians, we I, we have the upper hand. Networking is very crucial for every career. Every career, you need men. You need men, whether you like it or not. You need men, and sometimes your breakthrough can not will not be necessarily in the hands of a righteous person. It can be in the hands of a very not upright person. Someone who is not righteous like you. Someone who doesn't fear God. But how do you take what belongs to you, what they have, how do you access it without being corrupted by their nature? Wisdom. You seek the wisdom of God. And that is why I say we have an advantage. We have the wisdom of God available when we ask for it. We have discernment. So when it comes to networking, allow God to lead you. Don't say, oh, I'm anti so I can no, 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 no. If you really want to build a successful career, there's so many people that you see uh, on the internet, they are doing certain things. It's not like they want to do it. In fact, when you meet them, they are quiet. They don't even know how to. But then they push themselves. They pull themselves out of it because their career requires it. And we are talking about career empowerment. These are things that empower us. If you have the network, you, you meet people, you, you, you network with men and women, someone, sometimes men of high caliber, it, it, it's, it brings out the best in you. You meet and as we are talking, you share knowledge. And you learn. And as you are learning, you, 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 are, you are building yourself up. And sometimes the kind of people you meet, you even want to build yourself. Because you realize that where they are, if I want to continue having a network with them, I need to build myself. I need to grow. So networking helps us build connections with other professionals. Share knowledge. It also provides opportunities. And so I'm there today. I'm looking for work. I'm looking for work. I'm an event planner. And then boom. Last week, I went for a program. I met one gentleman, and you know, as we we're talking, oh, I like the way you talk. Oh, let's let, let share contact. We, we shared knowledge. Wow, fantastic. Took my number. The next minute, his company is having an event, a huge event, thousand people. He said, Oh, I know of a lady. I might not have seen my work before, but because of the knowledge we shared. 
So during that work, observe more. And when you are talking, you observe more to talk knowledgeably. Observe more to talk knowledgeably. Because as you are observing your network, you are listening to what they are saying, you are looking at what you are doing. And I'm not just talking about any network. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you so that you don't walk with fools, but you walk with the wise. And people, and sometimes you see, network and people are saying, okay, this, um, this person is not a doctor, so I can't network. No, network. Network. Not necessarily the people within your field, but also outside of your field. Sometimes it's very important. Please do we understand. Sometimes it's very, very important. So it also helps you raise your profile. You see how they carry themselves. Now you also want to, you know, carry yourself in that way. You learn, then you start researching. How can I do this? But make sure it doesn't go against your values. And that is why we need discernment and the wisdom of God. Sometimes your next step is with a wicked man. How do I access that next step? But I don't allow that wickedness to corrupt me. Wisdom. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay. And in networking, read. When you network, you meet people, they talk about certain things you don't understand. If you can't ask the, you, you jot it down, or if you have a good memory, go, okay, these people are talking about this. I've never heard it before. Why don't I research? And you start researching. It will help you grow. It will help you grow. So networking is very, very key. Now, number four, self-improvement. So you assessed yourself. You've created a career path. You've had your mentor. You've had networks. You're on your way. Now you've gotten a job and network and all that. And most of you after school will get jobs. Some of you are still carving out your career path. Never forget the self-improvement. Nobody is going to do it for you. There are some companies who are going to help. They're going to organize trainings and they're going to organize um, retreats and what have you to help you become a better you. But nobody can do it better than you yourself. Self-improvement. And I always say that your career does not build itself. You build yourself in order for your career to progress. So career is progressive, but it is only progressive when you grow. Otherwise, you'll be stuck at one point. And you'll be coming to church and praying, Meanwhile, in your workplace, almost everybody is done with their masters. Meanwhile, in your workplace, they've introduced new technologies and you have done nothing to learn about these new technologies. And they're saying that there are some courses that are associated with this new technology. And all these young people in your office and even the older ones are learning and you are there like, mm, it doesn't interest me. There's nothing like it doesn't interest you. You've created that career path, you need to improve yourself. Unless you want to take another route. Please, do you understand? So improve upon yourself. You build yourself personally and professionally to build your career. So do not allow your career to mold you. You have to mold your career. And how do you do that? Through growth. Personal and professional growth. 
Now, in the corporate world, like I'm saying, the world is constantly evolving. And for those in the business world, they will tell you, it is that harsh. And even now, it is even harsher. When technology is mentioned and there are disruptive innovations. Today, you hear of AI, artificial intelligence, and it's disruptive. Disruptive, totally. Just like Airbnb came to disrupt hotel businesses. AI has come to disrupt a lot of businesses. Now, lots of careers, lots of positions are going redundant. They are becoming redundant. Nobody needs them anymore. In some 10 years to come, nobody will need them. Because AI, artificial intelligence, is replacing all these jobs. So imagine you've created a career path and you decided not to improve yourself. You need to look at the trends. You need to look at how the world is evolving. You need to ask God for wisdom. How do I evolve myself as well? How do I grow myself? How do I grow to meet this constant changing demands of the business arena? Because the business arena is harsh. The corporate world is harsh. There's always some improvement, always an improvement, always the emergence of something. It is not a technology, it's an emergence of a process or something that is happening. So if you do not consistently improve yourself to stay relevant, you'll be pulled out or you'll be left at the bottom. So improving yourself consistently is very key in your career. It's very key in your career. So you have to read and stay current, check, you know your field, read about uh, your fields and other related uh, fields, what's going on in other related fields. Read and stay relevant, improve upon your skills to meet the ever-changing demands of your career or the business world. And the same goes for an entrepreneur. And like I'm saying, technology is fast, it's, it's just evolving like that. Unfortunately, most Christians are thought that, oh, when a technology evolves, they tell you that it is evil. And that is a problem. So anytime Christians are left behind, unfortunately, because we are saying that, ah, that technology is evil. Oh, crypto is all evil. And then we attach something to it. But I thought my to say that all things work together for our good. So whether they are planning it out for evil, or we ask for wisdom, when we are able to take the grace, we can turn it around for our good. Amen. So it can be evil for them, but we know by the grace of God, the ability he has given us, the wisdom and the truth that we have, that we can change whatever it is they are using as evil and turn it around for our good. Amen. And that is what we must do. That is how we are going to take dominion. That is how we are going to take over the systems because yes, every single time they're going to bring things that will make us think it's evil and then leave it for them. And we are always behind. Hallelujah. Great. Now, I want to talk about the last one. My time is almost up. My time is almost up. So I want to talk about the mind one. The last one, sorry, fine. You have to shift from the mindset of I am just an entrepreneur or I am just an employee to the mindset of I'm a solution that has been employed. I'm a solution that has been employed. 
you're not just an employee. When they put that job out there, there was a gap. There was a challenge that they needed someone to attend to. There was a task that they needed someone to do. You are the solution. And when you move from that mindset of I'm just an employee, I'm just an entrepreneur, to I'm a solution to my company. I'm a solution to my world, not just my field, my world. And I'm not just a solution, I am a solution. And because I am a solution, I produce positive results. And when you think about your career that way, your perspective begins to change. So you're not going to sit there for always someone to find a solution, no. Once you tell yourself that they employed a solution, they didn't employ a burden, they didn't employ just an employee, they employed a solution, you become more attentive to your work, you become more attentive to the surroundings of your work, and then you start querying, you start probing, you start asking the right questions. This is something we are doing, it's not going on well. How do we go about it? I'm the solution, I need to find how we can do, how we can go about it, how we can end this challenge. And then you start thinking outside of the box. Then as you think, you take it serious, you have committed it to God. And as a Christian, the upper hand, you pray, God starts giving you the wisdom. This is how to go about it. And so you enter that workplace, they hire you. And for five years, six years, they've been trying something that's not working. But because you see yourself as a solution when they hired you, and because you had the wisdom of God and the grace of God upon you, when they hired you and you came into the work, you begin to change things. And then they see solution has arrived. And when they see the solution has arrived, they begin to see the results that we have given them. And the people will start to ask, where is she from? Where is he from? Where did he go to school? And we're like, we went to, uh, we are going to Lego. No, but there is something different about this person. They start probing. Then they are curious. Your, your other um, colleagues are curious. They, they start asking, where? How? And I says, well, I mostly see him praying. I don't know, but I mostly see him praying and all that. I see him going to church. Oh, let's go and see. See yourself from today. Those who are yet to come forever, that in my career, I'm going to be the solution not just an employee. If you want to be an entrepreneur, I am going to be the solution that the world needs. Not just an entrepreneur. There are so many entrepreneurs. You are all doing different things. What makes you different? Because you are the solution and you carry the results. Amen. 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 The last thing and I will end is not just we do all these things. There's something more important that we need to note. Your character. It is very, very, very essential in the corporate world. Your character. Work on your personality. You've been hired. You're a receptionist. Someone walks in, hello? Mm -hmm. What? Hey! Your character. Your character. You have to, you know, we, we, we reflect. Christ. And so nobody should even ask, is she a Christian? They'll just see you by your character know that you are a Christian.
So at the workplace, because your career is an aspect of your purpose and you are revealing Christ, let your character do same. So I come and you are the receptionist and I greet you, hello. Hello. And regardless, hello ma'am. Not because you feel like doing it, but you know that you are representing Christ and that person, you might be the only Bible that that person will read. So you stand and say, hello ma'am, what can I do for you? Um, room, this, 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 everyone's, mom, I didn't hear, oh, didn't you hear me? Oh, mom, sorry, with a smile. Not because you're happy, not because you are foolish, but because you know that my career needs to reflect Christ. And my character needs to do the same. So build yourself. And it's not just that aspect. You are building your career. You are meeting people of value. Men and you ask God, I want to meet men and women of value. You've met them. You go for lunch. Pocket life. You're having a meeting as a woman. You six. Etiquette. These are all parts. Etiquette. Personal and business ethics. Etiquette. Etiquette. It's very funny. It's very essential. You want to be seen among great men and women, and yet when you raise your hands, I Because once you begin to see yourself as a solution, you begin to know 
your value, what you can present on the table. And like um, those women who say, uh, Prophet Leslie just said, she says, I am the table. Yeah, she knows her value. She is the table. She is not bringing to the table. She's the actual table. She knows her value. <laughs> so when you begin to see yourself as a solution, you are able to know, ascertain your value, and you're able to negotiate your value. You won't downplay yourself. And so when a company calls you, you know that this and this is not me. This and that is not me. When you enter an environment and you realize that it is so toxic, you know this is not my value. When you enter a company that the culture is so hostile, you know that you carry a value and you know that should I stay here? Does my value require me to stay here and change things? Oh, this place is too toxic. My value is too great for them. So when you see yourself as a solution, you are able to negotiate your value. Thank you very much. Wow. What are we saying to the woman of God? You see the difference in the. <laughs> we thank God. Can we have some Q and A? Our time is fast spent. Maybe you have some questions, or I don't know. Q and A. Like ten minutes, fifteen minutes. If you have any question. Oh, you didn't hear anything. <laughs> wow. Wow. That... Okay, can we take the microphone too? Hello. This is my question is, assuming in choosing my career path, I didn't consult God, I didn't work God, and I've already gone into a wrong career path in and now I've realized that this is not my field. I want to come back. Time is maybe time has elapsed. How do I align myself to my career, my original career? Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. God is the master worker. Yeah. He is um nothing is impossible for him. And uh, I remember once listening to the Joshua Selman where he talked about because sometimes we waste time and so God has what was it? Is it um restoration and then uh mercy. So like he said, I'm going to repeat it here, restoration and mercy is one way of us redeeming the time. So once you realize that this is not my career path, you might say, okay, this is not my career path. But within that, God has a way of turning you around within that same career path and bringing you to the point where he needs you to be. So once again, I'll say, go to God. And this time around, just don't go to listen and then rush with it. Go to God, listen, ask him to direct you, guide you. And it's not just about him directing and guiding you. You just sit in there, work with it, move with him. And then it will help.
I hope I've answered your question. Thank you. Any other question? Wow. Okay. Dr. Selassie. Is it bad for money to be a motivation? Is it bad for money to be a motivation? Well, it's not bad for money to be a motivation. Money can be because as we we receive earthly rewards for our career, that as you make money your motivation, make sure that God is actually the reason. Christ is the center, the focus. So money can be something that you look forward to at the end of undertaking that task, but don't make it your soul, the focus of that career. When you make it that you're the focus of that career, you've missed the assignment of that career. The focus must be, this is for God. This is an assignment given to me by God. Yes, every reward needs to come out of it. So you are at a place and they are not paying you. You've worked, 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 worked. I don't think God wants to treat you that way. There are some instances God will want you to learn certain things from that. But there are most instances He will take you out. He will direct you, give you the boldness to divert, to move. Yes. So that is what I do. How can a jack of all trades um, form a career path? You know, there are some people. Thank you. That's that's my problem. <laughs> I I I I can do so many things, and that has it's caused me delays. And that's what I was saying early on. So you need to know which one to start. There must be one that you have to start with, and you have to know how they connect. Because God didn't just give them to you for nothing. There is a connection. There's an assignment for each and every one of them. And if you don't go according to God's plan, you might miss it. So you might be doing the business, but the assignment, the benefit that is supposed to come, the glory that is supposed to come out of it is not because you have missed how God designed it. And so once again, as Christians, we have the advantage. Go to God. Which one do I start with? Which one do I begin? As you begin, it will get to a certain stage. You say, now move to this one. At that time, you would have trained people to handle that. Then as you move to B, you are training people to handle that. Move to C. And by the time you realize you have a glorious conglomerate. The last person. So, why would things that the way of parents is a lot? I can't say since I know where my parents are. Some of us here. So, you see that sometimes, because we are mostly dependent on parents, sometimes they determine what you should do. You realize your skill, your passion, and everything. We are trying to talk them out of it. It is not working. What is the most appropriate or I'm just telling the pastors that we leave it for them. Because we have the best of the process that obey your parents. And I've seen several situations like that. 
well being and I, I nearly said it at the beginning that most of us our careers are chosen by our parents. And for this, I just want you to see mercy. <laughs> so because you are dependent on them. They have the money. They are paying your fees. They said we want you to be a doctor. Meanwhile, you want to be something else. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's happened over and over again. Over and over. So many people are currently in careers that they didn't choose for themselves and they are not fulfilled. Their parents chose it for them. And they look at the years they spent and why should I even go back? Let me just stay here. It's a difficult question. A very difficult one. I wouldn't stand here and say, go and disobey your parents. Like, oh! The Bible says, obey your parents in the Lord. But you see, in the Lord. Obey your parents, what? In the Lord. So if it's not in the Lord, if it's outside of the will of God, I don't know. <laughs> it is not in the Lord. <laughs> there, there is something that I want to add up to what about that the man of God said. You know, David was a king when God made him. God made him a king, but his family subjected him to be a shepherd boy. You get it? And even when the prophet came to anoint a king from his home, what happened was that he called all the seven brothers, and after that, none of them were chosen of God. So what happened was that the prophet had to inquire any other son in the house and they brought David in. You, you get it. David to them was a shepherd boy. But God by his own sovereignty had a way of pulling him from the wilderness and taking him to the palace. Do you get it? He humbled himself. He obeyed his parents by taking care of the sheep. But at a point in time when he got to the war front he realized that there is a cause. When his brothers even wanted to push him, sideline him, he realized that there is a cause. You know, once you are going by God's will, God has a way of picking you up. It does not matter what parents are saying. For instance, one of the things that are very difficult, one of the things that if you want to pick up, parents will stand and fight it, is when, you did, when it's like the calling of God. Is upon you. That one is a battle that you are going to fight the rest of your life. But God has a way of taking you out of that battle. You get, I believe I have fought that battle before. Pastor Pedals here fought the same. All, but you get it. Pastor Charles fought it. It looks like all the pastors that you know around. <laughs> Why? But you know, some way, somehow, God took us out of that battle. Prove himself that what he wants to do with this person or this child is exactly his purpose. Do you, do you get it? So, for that obedience, give to them, but pray for God to intervene. When God intervenes, they will know that indeed this is what this child is born. This is the reason why you, maybe your parents, made that mistake trying to push you into a career that that is not what you want but when you also become a parent 
by that understanding, you will seek the face of God for your children. Do you get it? So your experience should give you something like an upper hand in order to help your children to become better. Do you get it? So you see the mistakes of your parents and you make up your mind that no, this is what I'm going to do. There are some people they were born out of wedlock. There wasn't anything like marriage. But you determine that as for me, I will marry and give birth to children in marriage, not outside marriage. Now you have changed the status quo. When it happens like that, your children, you're also going to train them. But if you decide to follow the, the, the line of your father or of your mother, that is the same thing that if you don't take care, is going to happen to your children. So allow God to work. And when he comes in and he's working, he will prove himself that indeed you are meant for this and not for that. I believe it is. Yeah. So go to God. <laughs> go to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The woman of God has been wonderful. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I told you that this is the enterprise of His grace. Amen. Amen. Indeed, God is working with us. Amen. Tomorrow, the prophet of God is also going to continue. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. As you can see, He came with the wife. And we have seen what the wife has done tonight. Imagine. Imagine. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, it didn't come early. It didn't come early. So I, I told her that I'll give her 90 minutes. I believe in the power of 90 minutes. But if we had come early, at least we'd have gotten more time for that interaction and all that. Tomorrow, we are not closing at 11.30. I'm telling you, if you're going to invite someone, tell the person we are not closing at 11.30. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> it does not mean you are not going to come to church early. If you delay, <laughs> because the prophet is not going tomorrow. So don't delay. Come early so that we can close early. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And I know it has been wonderful. It has been, it has been wonderful. It has been wonderful. And tomorrow, being the last day, is going to be more, more, more wonderful. Don't come alone. I'm going to share the, the, the podcast. I'm going to share it. I know that some of you, there are so many things that you didn't hear. There were so many definitions that you could not write. Go back to Go back to Rema City podcast. It's going to be there. Listen to it. Brood over it. Meditate on it. And I believe that you are going to. And as you can see, some of you, you say you don't want to marry pastors. But this is a pastor's wife. How are you developing yourself? Now the pastors, Hallelujah. Gone were the days that uh, we needed someone who can sing for the ministry. So, no, it's not only the song, we are also looking at character. We are, we are looking at what you are bringing on board. I was telling someone that God made a woman as a helper. So I, I, I told him that when you are going to marry or when you see a woman, ask her, what help are you bringing on board? <laughs> what are you bringing on? Oh, you are the table. <laughs> Be the table. 
What are you bringing on board? Because that is that is that is that is that is what is going to bring perfection and beauty and joy in the marriage. If you fail to acknowledge the help your partner is bringing, I'm telling you, frustration. Because the, if the beauty attracted you, a time will come. <laughs> you get it. So get to know as a woman, as God, as a man, when you are choosing a, a woman, I'm, what 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 kind of help is this person bringing into my life? Hallelujah. Don't just go for anything. You get it. Don't go for anything. Don't accept any proposal. Get to know what the person is bringing on board. Sometimes as a woman, when a guy proposes to you, ask him, what have you identified in me that you want me to be with you? Don't just accept because he's a fine boy. Because as I am coming into your life, I am going to be a helper. So what help? I do what identified within me that when I come into your space, this is going to happen. These are these are critical questions that you need to ask. Hallelujah. Because marriage too can be part of the career path. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's very important. You build a successful uh, whatever career that you want to become, but with marriage, that empire will come down. Hallelujah. So we thank God so much for the work that the woman of God has done. I know that it has been wonderful. I know I'm going to bring her back. She's going to come back. She's going to come back. She's going to come back. I know Prophet here. He's my brother, so definitely. He's going to, the woman is going to come back. I'll bring him. And I know when I bring him. <laughs> yeah. So we thank God. Oh, she's not here. She will be here in a moment. But hallelujah. Tomorrow is the final day of this conference. I want you to come prepared. Don't forget, tomorrow too is pastor's appreciation. So tomorrow is pastor's birthday. Amen. Yeah. Happy birthday, pastor. Thank you. <laughs> tomorrow is pastor's appreciation. Sunday, boom, grace conference. I want you to come. Come and receive grace. I believe whatever thing that this woman of God shared with us is grace. Hallelujah. We receive grace for grace. You understand it? Grace for grace. You get it. Yesterday we received grace for this grace. And tomorrow the prophet will add up for what? Other subsequent graces that we ought to receive. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's take our offering. Let's take our offering.
Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God bless you for coming. You've not wasted your time here. God bless you so much for coming. Tomorrow, 8.30, we are meeting here. And I know that tomorrow the whole place is going to be packed up. So come early. And people, you see that some people didn't come. Those who were here yesterday, many of them are not here. Call them, invite your friends to come and also receive grace for grace. Hallelujah. Of his fullness have we all received and grace for grace. Amen. Amen. Any announcement, Bratoni? Let's be on our feet as we share the grace. Now, the grace of our Lord Jesus, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit is with us now and forevermore. Amen. And surely, goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives, and we dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you so much. See you tomorrow.